Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, welcome to Nerd Talk Plus. We back our weekly deeper dive into the stories that make this world nerdier. From Odyssey's Nerd Talk, I'm your host, Gregor. And like a spider once dead last week, we've reanimated his corpse. He's Necrobot Brandon from the internet. (laughs) And I do this for free. free. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. I I don't want that to go missed. Um, I... (laughs) It's funny. I, I uh, you called me a, like a dead little spider, and yeah. I uh, I did wake up this morning with my arms like curled in like this because oh. um, I'm going on a big bike trip in a few weeks here, and yeah. or actually no, in a week. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, I've done absolutely well. What I did was I had a baby seven months ago and gained 15 pounds since then. Sorry, my wife had a baby. That I was like at the doctor, and the doctor was like, "Hey, when's the last time you got a physical?" And I was like, Psh, "I on purpose, like three years ago." Listen, buddy, the last time I got physical, uh, hey, oh, <laughs> it's like wow, personal. Also, <laughs> it's three years ago. No, so you I was offering? the last. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I got a physical, she was like, "Okay, well, you know, if you haven't gotten your weight taken uh, by a, you know, by a professional, go ahead and hop yeah. up on the scale." I was like, Psh, "Okay," and I hopped up and I went, "Holy crap!" Uh, now it was when you didn't strip off your clothes, did you? No, but I did that when I got home, and it wasn't different enough to matter. So I'm one of these these people that is obsessed with not letting myself go too bad. I have like an ultimate endpoint that I can't break, and so I weigh myself every single day. Every single day. Yeah. And now I'm on this crazy diet where, excuse me, a nutrition plan. Um, my wife is trying to get me to not say diet in front of our kids so we don't like mess with his head, which I think okay, is smart. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my nutrition plan is that I don't snack and I don't eat cheese, sugar, bread, grains, uh, and half of the fruit. Yeah. Um, and it is working like crazy. And Whoa. I only felt terrible for 10 straight days. Oh. And now, now, <laughs> and, and now here's better. day eleven. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to the people that are that are they, they're not sponsoring this, so I'll just say to Dr. Ryan, that's um, it's going great. But it was uh, you know, you you realize what a terrible job you do taking care of the one body you have when it's time to make changes, and so oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've been trying to. Uh, one of the things about biking, cycling, mm-hmm. is that you get spider arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get spider arms. You have to carry around your weight with you and like mm. the less weight that you have to carry around the more efficient and and lighter your moving is going to be right i feel the same way about the stairs uh-huh <laughs> exactly um and so i've been trying to like work out drop some pounds before i get on the bike and anyway long story short my muscles were very very tight and i woke up like a dead spider this morning <laughs> we'll find out why that happens here in just moments neither of us is a scientist engineer or supervillain. not yet 
But if you are, let us know what we get wrong, but more importantly, if we were to get anything right. And that includes you, Brandon's brother, Stephen. <laughs> also, oh. we'd add- he he went for a bike ride. Speaking of oh, bike rides, and my went, brother Steven, he, yeah, he went, went for more than a bike ride. Oh, he went for like a Superman flight through Vashon Island. It was very. Uh, I was really worried for him, and he's fine though. So was, we were can, you here? We can. Yeah, I was here. He sent me a video, uh, and I watched the video and was really worried. And then he told me it was fine, so I started laughing at him. Yeah, it was uh, that was brutal. Anyway, uh, if you could tell a friend or write a review or just spread the good. No, not the good word. If you could spread the word about this uh, podcast and show here, perhaps you could just holler at us with your answer to this episode's question of the week. Yeah, this episode's question of the week, speaking of dead spiders, um, which <laughs> animal, I guess a, a spider is not an animal, but which animal would you like to control with your mind? It's an animal, right? I, I mean, it's an insect. Is that like within it's a, the animal kingdom? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's arachnid. not even an insect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. This week, so, neither of us is a scientist, engineer, or somebody who knows what spiders are. <laughs> well, I mean, better than the last time when we didn't know what root beer was. So that's good. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not spiders. <laughs> Just ground up and made it. That's yeah. the hydraulic juice inside their joints is what makes root beer. <laughs> Spider juice. <laughs> In a battle between humans and machines, I should say the battle between the two. We have the first move by the machines. A robot in Russia apparently grabbed and broke the finger of his opponent, a seven-year-old chess-playing child. This is tragic. It's not exactly the robot's fault, okay? The child broke safety protocols by moving too quickly for the machine. But as we know, the machine's got to have better than that. You can't say it's the way his finger was dressed, you know? That's not the... (laughs) Um, The Guardian reports that the Moscow Chess Federation had added that this is, of course, bad. Well, thank you, Moscow Chess Federation. (laughs) I guess if there was any doubt in our minds, you have now put that to rest. Sounds like something a robot would say, though, to keep us on the hook longer. Guess we found our resistance leader because there's no way that kid isn't now set for a lifetime of not trusting the machines. <laughs> we always think, as humans, we always go to like the dramatic storytelling, right? So, like when you watch the Terminator, um, he the kid grows up because the the robots killed his mom, right? Yeah. And he had to adventure and and lead the resistance against them. Now. This kid, of course, because it's real life, and when you fall into a radioactive pit, you don't become a superhero, you get cancer. This kid, uh, instead of having to watch his entire family die in a nuclear explosion caused by a uh, mm-hmm. robotic takeover, uh, he just had to have his his pinky broken by a chess-playing robot. You know, <laughs> the, worst, the worst part about this story, to me, is not that... Um, it's it's like obviously the robots are going to attack us and uh, sure, sure. this this robot the reason he decided to break you could watch the video I could as somebody who hates gory stuff I could watch the video because it's you it's like okay. from behind the kid you don't see what's going on um, now uh, the worst part about the story for me is not that the robot did this because the kid skipped the robot's turn and the robot was like oh hey don't do that bam (laughs) um it's like a a very petty stop it is still my turn (laughs) i i would hate to play monopoly with that robot (laughs) because that is one emotional (laughs) robot no it's that the um uh so there's this quote in an article from the indian express uh from somebody uh who is working for
for these this chess robot. It's a it's a chess robot finger breaking apologist. He says it was enough to follow an elementary rule to take turns making moves. I don't know, but for what reason, the boy extended his hand during the robot's move. In my memory, this has never happened before. Moreover, the robot only pressed his finger. If it had not been extended, there would have been nothing that happened at all. He's like, well, it's the kid's fault for trying to take a turn out of place. Uh, Has this person never met a seven-year-old before? Because if there's one thing that... They're not masters of their domain yet. It's like... Well, it's All like right. it's 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 asking this robot to uh, assume that humans are going to compete or do things with the same logic as robots. It's like, well, I will of course wait my turn because that is the thing that you're supposed to do. But humans are humans, and like this this human should not uh, jaywalk. Bang, you're dead. <laughs> Says the robot dog with the thing strapped to his back. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, for me, it wasn't it Asimov who came up with like the three robotics laws and yes, the first yeah. one is you can't hurt the humans and so like yeah. ultimately and then it becomes another issue like if i own the, the the self-driving car that runs over the you know preschool teacher in the crosswalk right. or whatever like is that my responsibility or the car maker's responsibility for having made or how is that responsibility divvied up amongst us and so it well becomes if it's anything like yeah if if it's anything like the guns it's definitely your responsibility <laughs> Over the weekend, the rocket body of another of of China's latest space launches came splashing down into the Indian Ocean. Another sort of like flagrant robotic middle finger to the humans as they sent their last piece of a new space station into orbit. Now, listen, there's got to be some sort of planning and there's got to be, we're playing an ultimate game of telephone here where we don't actually have first-hand knowledge of what the Chinese Space Administration is up to, but it does seem pretty weird that they can't give you a definitive, like, it's going to hit here, it'll be okay, when every other space agency on Earth is, like, tracking that to make sure. Except for I saw a little headline, I didn't get into it, forgive me, about SpaceX parts showing up on land up north somewhere, like, for the third time, and, like, they have some questions to answer, whatever. Anyway, uh, it's, it's, so they, again, have just let this giant... Um, booster engine come falling back through the atmosphere being like, it's fine, don't worry, you won't get crushed. And I'm just thinking that maybe this is the last time they do it because they're installing sweet lasers on the space station to and shoot these things down after they undock or whatever. I guess it's not docking after they're done with their flight up, but there's no way to be sure. It's also much worse than raining tacos, like the say it's raining tacos. Are you familiar with that song? <laughs> yeah. No, Actually, I'm not. Actually, maybe it's... I, it's- I mean, you can, you get the jest, though, right? Yeah, I mean, you're saying the, the part that matters. So. Yeah. <laughs> Communicating <laughs> science effectively. <laughs> um, I, at first, I was like, oh, this is, way, this is way worse than raining tacos. Then I was like, I don't know. It would be pretty terrible to just have, like, piles of tacos rotting away on the street. You know, like, if you, like, you're like, I'm going to get a fruit tree. And you're, this is going to be so cool. And then, like, there's a thousand peaches on your ground or apples in the state of washington and squirrels just end up drunk in your backyard on rotting (laughs) apples or whatever like i have that's pretty cool too i have it well drunk squirrels absolutely (laughs) um i have a and and a plum tree in my backyard i live in eastern washington and they grow great um but yeah i mean like one of the problems is like early in the season all the tiny apples that aren't gonna become mature apples just end up all over the ground when we first yeah. moved in, we had to like shovel out a bunch of these and put them Ugh. in the compost, which ended up just smelling like straight vinegar, just nasty decomposed. So yeah, uh, this is and like the hangover. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, the point about raining tacos, though, I mean, have, I'm assuming you've never seen it because you've never seen any movie. Um, Cloudy <laughs> with a Chance of Meatballs, uh, which is also a kid's book um, if you wanted to read it instead. Yeah. Like uh, one of the entire premises is that they create, it gets to rain all of people's favorite foods, but they don't know how to deal with the fact that the food rots eventually. Which, if we're drawing an analogy to the Chinese space organization, is say, don't create raining food if you don't know how to deal with the rotting food later on. A.K.A. don't send a rocket to space if you don't know where the dang thing's going to land. Because, yes, maybe 77% of the Earth's, uh, well, who knows now with uh, climate change, maybe... A, a good portion of the earth is still covered with water and that that isn't covered with water is still like desert or mountain and uninhabitable uh, or uninhabited to say uh but like let's just maybe not risk it right yeah like i remember um i mean this was very different and tragic but like when the columbia shuttle uh yeah uh, that was terrible up, right but there was like stuff raining down over people's neighborhoods uh from that from that shuttle explosion and it was terrible and it was very sad and it was and it was scary and those were tiny um pieces but it's like it doesn't matter how big the piece is if it's falling from space onto your house or onto your head or yeah. into new york city or wherever it, it could possibly land right um it, so yeah i i don't know i feel like uh maybe china isn't telling uh the nasa or whoever it, they need to tell because they don't freaking know where it's gonna land they just hope it's or, in the ocean. or maybe they're hiding something like they don't want but, us to know about it so that too <laughs> where is it gonna land uh why do you want to know so it doesn't hit us but also so we can go pick it up in the ocean and see what you're sending up there don't worry about it here we made you a new iphone oh <laughs> oh sweet thank you yes <laughs> now Here's the thing, though. If you were to get smushed by a falling rocket body, like, it sucks whenever you go out, but right. it's a pretty cool way to go out. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> on your tombstone, like, there's a hell of a message there. Like, just maybe just a picture of a rocket body falling and then your name underneath it. And it's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about, like, uh, uh, like how would you want to be memorialized? Like, would you like a park bench named after you? We talked about, was it Yuri, uh, what's his face, the Garen? Russian cosmic. Yeah, Igor Garin, who is the he has that sweet like Art Deco statue made of him. Like, I w- if I get smashed by a piece of falling rocket debris, I want it to just be me, like ah, like my arms up and like looking terrified <laughs> with a with an actual <laughs> spaceship falling down on me. <laughs> and I want every time you walk past it, it's like one of those Billy Bass uh, on the walls where instead of singing "Don't worry, get happy," it's me just going ah. <laughs> <laughs> I want it connected to my smart speaker, though, so when it talks, it, you you scream in horror. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, and back to that, we were talking about what you would want to have named after you in in memoriam or whatever it is. Uh, listener Sean reached out to say, in regard to your question of the week on Nerd Talk Plus, having a Navy ship, ship name it after you. Uh, he's a former sailor, and it's just about the most badass thing if you can get a destroyer or something. Two guys I served with who didn't make it home, one I knew well, have Arlie Burke-class destroyers named for them. It never fails to get me a little choked up when I think about it. That is, other than our nonsense most of the time, that's a great example of the, of the for your loved ones, that are survivors, to be able to look mm-hmm. at that with pride, to be able to see something like that. I think that's really cool. Thank you, Sean, for doing what we ask and <laughs> reaching out to us and saying what's up. That's a really good example. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Like, uh, and and not to trivialize it at all, uh, of Sean's Sean's thing. But like, man, having uh, like uh, a dinghy 
named after you uh or like in the future when like we spend big spaceships into sp- in, into space because that's what the, the types of yeah, ships, ships that they are do, yeah. yeah spaceships in in the space um when we spend these 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 ships up and they're all built with a bunch of uh, uh escape capsules like we're gonna have so many opportunities to get things named after people <laughs> <laughs> or you can spend uh, through generous donation and have an emergency exit named after you like I did in Seattle. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Better. <laughs> uh, also, emergency exit, escape shuttle, kind of the same thing. Same thing, Brandon. It's the same thing. All right. That brings us back around to our question of the week. <laughs> yes. Our question of the week is, which animal do you wish you could control with your mind? Now, now the reason I ask this, uh, other than the story, which we will get to, is if you ever played Dungeons and Dragons or some a, a familiar game, yeah, it's making a huge comeback. There's a big resurgence right now. Yeah, so one of the spells that you can use is to uh, control a, a familiar or an animal that uh, accompanies you. And you can control it with your mind, and I got to thinking about like you know, obviously in games like this where you're fighting, you know, demons and and uh, trolls and all sorts of uh, enemies uh, a lot of people like to use bears and stuff which I'm like okay practical use uh, would I want to control a bear with my mind in in real life I don't know scientists are reanimating the bodies of dead spiders <laughs> a little not different. what I not what I would have chosen <laughs> and using them as claw grabbers like from the machine at like uh, the arcade where you get the stuffed animal and then it drags it over it's almost oddly just like that or like um I don't know. I, I think probably for like surgery or something like that, they'll reach in and they'll grab stuff and pull it out, or they'll yeah. use it like if a screw falls into the chamber in your car or something like that. Chamber. You can tell I've worked on a lot of cars before. You know the, <laughs> the you know pod, the car chamber. <laughs> you know the tube. <laughs> yeah. um, so what they've done, the field is called necrobotics. When they study the corpses of the dead to not only understand how they work, but then to also repurpose them. And I'm trying to think of like maybe another example of this where it would make sense. But perhaps at some point you've noticed that when you find a dead spider or a sleeping Brandon, they're in a little ball with their legs tucked under. They're all shriveled up, right? Well, researchers realize that we always find them like that because their legs work like little hydraulics with fluid going in and making them expand and then coming out and contract. So they took a syringe poked into the dead spider lady and started pumping air in to make the body expand and taking the wait hold on don't we already have this technology <laughs> like what's the point I of mean, picking up a crouton <laughs> with a spider body this kind of sucks we found out that they have uh hydraulics in their legs which we've already invented but we're still gonna do some weird stuff and call it necrobotics to make us sound legit it's like we have the claw grabber. Just add, let's see, one, two, three, five more claws if you want it to look like a spider. Now you got to get them to move independently, is the only other thing. I don't even know if spider legs move independently from one another or if they're on like a track, like in terms of like if the front right goes and the back second goes, or what is it? Like, how are yeah. they series and can they control yeah. them all at the same time? This is amazing. So I get it, kind of. But it is kind of pretty weird to see somebody with like an air syringe with a spider, dead spider on the end of it. And they're like, ee-er, ee-er, ee-er. <laughs> spider push-ups. Ha ha! Look at me. Ah! 
It's like, um, I, I suppose I, it I could be like... cool for like space where you'd be working with a like a you could if you could supersize these things and make a big body and you could go down and pick up a part of the asteroid that you were mining from afar from back on Earth yeah. and have it pick up a giant rock or something like that and know that you could control the little spider fingers or legs more independently or maybe they're making spider robots to fight in the next mecha war. I don't know. Yeah, that it seems more like that one. Given that maybe this spider won't break your finger, uh, it, <laughs> it, it seems like uh, maybe they're Strap just a machine gun skip, to its back. <laughs> they're going to skip the middleman and they're going to start doing surgery and pulling, you know, surgical tissue or cloth out of the wound, and it's just going to actually be a dead spider that they're using to do it. <laughs> just like I mean, absolutely think, think nasty. The yeah, it, like be you a would lot, save uh, on a ton of. We're recycling. What are you recycling? <laughs> De- dead spiders uh, and their legs. Hey, but you, you can eat that spider body, or can I use it? Speaking of uh, of uh, weird, okay, animal uh, bug legs. Okay, so spiders. <laughs> obviously, we find out that they have the fluid in the legs. That basically hydraulics, yeah. which we've already invented. I still don't see why we're doing this. Um, but I. So there was recently where I live a huge, and I mean huge, swarm of ladybugs flying through our neighborhood, oh. landing all over our house. Like I'm talking hundreds of thousands of these things flying through the air. I recently learned that in England they call them ladybirds. Ladybirds? Yeah, it's like clearly an insect, though. It's not a bird, you idiots. What's wrong with England? I've I've already given up on trying to say what is or what is not an insect today, so I'm going to take your word for it on that one. <laughs> Wait, is a ladybug a bird? <laughs> well, question of the week. <laughs> Are ladybugs root beer? <laughs> um, but so I learned something about so obviously I, I like take to Google uh, orig- like to immediately to start figuring out why are these ladybugs swarming uh, we've had yeah. a lot of rain so I'm assuming there's a lot of aphids ladybugs eat aphids so I'm assuming like with hmm. a massive uh, surge in like the food supply um, it's made it easier for these ladybugs slash birds slash uh, ladybugs aren't real you know to do uh, <laughs> uh, to reproduce and, and and there's an ample food source right well I learned yeah. about this thing called um, I, I think it's called uh, oh well so it's a it's a version of a, a possumatic coloration so it's a it's a thing that bugs and other animals do to signal their toxicity to would-be uh, predators so sure. I know most people uh, maybe not these so- people who are doing so there I am. I've eaten seven handfuls of ladybugs, and <laughs> I don't feel so good. <laughs> ladybugs. The way that ladybugs do this is that they literally start bleeding from their 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 knees. That's not on my diet. There's <laughs> one one quick way to lose weight, but they can like just um like out, out of nowhere so i most people try not to kill ladybugs i don't know about about you but they're just a beetle right they're just like any other beetle but every, anytime one lands on me or lands near me I, I try hard to be like okay let's get this this gross bug just like all of the other bugs but this let's get this one to safety while i try to swat or kill all of the other ones right um, i've always tried to take care of ladybugs but then i learned that their knees start bleeding on you because they're a little scared of the, of the fact that you're handling them and i'm like ah you know i let, I'm less still not going to swat it, but I'm thinking about it a little bit more nowadays. It's sort of like what a vegetarian vampire sounds like. I know that bugs are like <laughs> animals, but like, yeah, I'm going to suck yeah. the blood of the ladybug knees. <laughs> Out of its knee. It's so <laughs> weird. 
I learned recently that ladybugs will live more than a year. They're not just an annual thing that come out of the ground and uh, that they will be back next year and continue to grow and thrive as long as you don't smush them or they don't get hit by a rocket body or something from China. <laughs> um, okay. All right. They will not hurt you. So I. So the reason I, I ended up looking this up to see what was going on because I was trying to see if ladybugs sting. And I've like never. I knew that they didn't have a stinger, but w- during this swarm, they were landing on me, and uh, I would feel these pinches and stuff. And it turns out they bite when they get stressed out. It can't hurt you. There's no venom. It's not going to like leave a, a itchy spot like it would if it, if you were bitten by a mosquito or or, st- um, or stung by a bee or something like that. But they can cause uh, issues because when they get stressed. They, they secrete blood from the joints in their legs. It's a process called reflex bleeding. Now, I'm just trying to think of how this would translate to humans, right? Like imagine if you were um, in, a, in a stressful situation, an argument with somebody, and uh, sure. in, instead of like your heart rate uh, going higher and higher and higher, or instead of uh, you getting uh, uh, upset or anxious, you just started bleeding from your joints. I mean, I feel like my knees hurt bad enough as it is. I don't need to, I don't need to lose any more fluid. <laughs> Sorry, I'm nervous. I suffer from a condition called knee reflex bleeding. Like you got like pit stains when you get like too nervous or whatever in your dress shirt, yeah. but it's just like crazy. You're just like turning copper from all of your pores or all of your joints. You go to shake hands with somebody and it's just like your knuckles are covered in ladybug blood. Question of the this week. This is the worst superhero ever. <laughs> Question of the week. Which joint would you bleed from if you were nervous? <laughs> uh yeah, it's like I don't I don't know if you've seen the latest offerings from Marvel and Generation Seven of the multiverse or whatever it's called. You know they have all this, and like yeah, I don't recognize yeah. any of it now. It's like the stapler people. We're gonna solve crime by stamping it out. You're under arrest, kachunk. Like they don't. They've gotten so far down. Like have they overlooked a potentially really easy one in the ladybug? Like I've got you now. Like not if I secrete. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, this might not surprise you. It might surprise you. So in college, uh, I worked for a student magazine, and we and I was tasked with writing an article about um, the the Bellingham Comic Con, and I ended up writing a story about this comic that I think ended up going nowhere. It was a self published uh, uh, comic uh, writer and and cartoonist in in Bellingham. It's honestly some of the most interesting. Uh, superhero characters I've ever heard of because they were all like superheroes that had one flaw that made their superpower worthless. So it was like, uh, oh, this you, is, I'm all about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is if you uh, teleport and you accident and you accidentally poop your pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like uh, every time you teleport, you also poop your pants. My my favorite example uh, was this character that he had that had extreme speed. He had super speed, but average reflexes. So he could run super super fast but could not react to the things that were in front of him. Yeah, exactly. It was like, okay, I can run really, really fast, but I have to be able to dodge the things that are going to be in my way as I go. So I always thought that was was really interesting. So it's like, uh, you're a superhero, except you bleed from your knees every time you're nervous. You could not be stealthy on that on that speed running one. You'd have to run tons of like short distances of like two feet at a time to make sure that yeah. you could like reset every time. Yeah. That would be terrible. Yeah, or it's like uh, it's like hyperspace. You just have to run in a straight line, but before you do it, you have to calculate to make sure that there's nothing in front of you. 
Am I going to clear the gravity? Okay, let's go. <laughs> then again, some jerk sticks out a, a, sticks out a leg and you're done for. Yeah. <sighs> so right. you have a... Uh... Selling a little or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of colors starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. You have a story in here uh, this week about David Attenborough that I really would like to get to. Oh, absolutely. The oldest known fossil of a predator on Earth, and not like the ones from the films with the, you know, and, and, the, and the cloaking device. And, and David Attenborough is not the oldest known predator on Earth either. <laughs> I'm just glad that when I saw that it was the oldest known predator, it wasn't Chris Hansen, because that would be that he didn't get... <laughs> A sea creature thought to use its tentacles to capture prey date back dates back 20 million years older than anything else we've known. You could read the story again at The Guardian. They don't say how old that is, and I was thinking about it. Like, I know the dinosaurs went extinct like 75 million years ago, and 250 million years ago is kind of like the other end of the dinosaurs, and so it's got to be somewhere around then, but I don't know for sure. We'll have to look that up. If you're an expert on this, please chime in. Um yeah, so it's like 20 million years older than anything we know. Uh, the, thought to exist long before life on land really got cooking, which I think is interesting. The creature will be known as Aurora Lumina Attenboroughi. I think that's such an amazing honor. And then I read on a little bit further, and he already has 40 other creatures named for him. And I'm like, come on! <laughs> <laughs> I've already David. named 17 space escape pods after him. It's okay. 
I mean, imagine having such an impact on the natural world uh, like David Attenborough yeah. has. Uh, that that everybody just wants to name everything after you. But like, do you think that you get to a point as David Attenborough where they're like, we're gonna name this like incredible discovery, this seventy five million dollar, uh, seventy five million year old dung beetle that only exclusively ate its own poop, David Attenborough? And he's like, he's like, well, well, maybe not though. <laughs> Let's not do that he wasn't one. A- he wasn't a this like jellyfish thing wasn't a predator like it ate other things. Yeah. It just like did a yeah. lot of tentacle molesting. It was like that <laughs> yeah. type of predator. Like, no. yeah, yeah. We should have named uh, it after Chris Hansen. Not that Chris Hansen David, does that. No offense to Chris Hansen. I'm no, not, no, no. It's just he did the show, yeah. the Catch a Predator. He did the show. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah. Uh, speaking of David Amber, though, like, so that dude's old at this yeah. point, and he's not. You know, yeah. think about when he started his career. He was the in front of camera. Uh, mm-hmm. guy that would do the documentaries and go to the places mm-hmm. and, and talk about the animals. And now at his age, he, it's just kind of the narration and the voiceovers and things like that. Um, do you feel like there's a natural two, two part question? A, do you feel like there's a natural uh, replacement for somebody like him for when he decides to either retire or kick the bucket um, and have the million things named after him? Uh, or do you think that uh, we just go like Star Wars on it where we just take the, you know, the digital amalgamation of all of the things that he's ever said and, and like never let David Attenborough uh, go away because he's he's one of a kind? You're close. First, you get a big syringe and you poke it into his back, and then you start pumping air in and out. And you've got weekend at weekend at Edinburgh's. Oh, okay, perfect. Yes, perfect. I've got this all sorted out, man. Don't you worry. And and uh, as soon as they figure out how to do the vocal cords on him, we are set. Well, that's why I said you're close because we'll do the we'll do the AI to do the speech, and then we'll make him into a marionette with our syringe, and he'll. Okay, I know you've never seen any movie. Um, yeah, but thank have you. you you've established but ha- have you seen Men in Black? Yeah, sure. Okay, the, for some reason, all I can picture is um, the the, uh, the main Edgar character, suit? the Edgar suit, right? Like that's what <laughs> that's what it would look like. Sugar, <laughs> sugar. <laughs> <laughs> not bad, huh? Not bad for just just that attempting really that good. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. The, the Tasmanian right, right. devil is <laughs> endangered. <laughs> oh, the ant eaters come back because they need more the ants. Ah. <laughs> Isn't nature beautiful? All right. Well, every week I'd like to try something new, Brandon. I'd like to try and end on a positive. And sometimes it's hard because we just talk about, I don't know, necrobotic robots and then strapping machine guns to them and then space fighting and all that, right? But today, let's try for something positive. More than a quarter million pounds of plastic and ocean trash has been scooped up from the Great Pacific Garbage Patch by nonprofit group The Ocean Cleanup. They've been working on it different iterations for years now, and that's really incredible. I remember reading that the patch is the size of, like, Texas, and that they've already scoured a Rhode Island's worth of sea for bigger plastic particles. The small stuff, we're still going to have to figure out the microplastics, but this is a huge headway. Now, if we could just do the same on land, but with the actual state of Texas. <laughs> of course, I mean, we wonder... want NASA to be okay, all right? Like, like Houston, yeah. we're going to write you a pass, but you got to behave. Houston Astros, though, 
you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, like, I, I would love to, this is probably very easy for me to do, but like Google sure. the, the size of Rhode Island overlaid onto Texas. Cause to me, that sounds like, look, I am like applaud the ocean cleanup for doing this because incredible to get all of the, pl- mm. <laughs> unless they're just take, picking up all of the plastic and being like, all right, well, here's Rhode Island, <laughs> like dumping it on <laughs> Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to go somewhere. Perhaps you've taken my joke and made it relevant. We could just put the trash <laughs> on to Texas. On to Texas. Perfect. And then just make sure that all of the uh, all of the uh, rocket bits land there, right? In the, yeah, the, right, right. the Earth's trash can. <laughs> and, hey, why don't we have those rocket parts coming from space go over Texas so people could shoot at them? <laughs> perfect. Who, yeah, who we needs got it. To, who needs to build the lasers? <laughs> this is great. This, we're gonna go back, and uh, we're kind of are regressing right now. So that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's um, my big concern is when they, like you say, on a serious note, when they get all this stuff. This is again, this is information that is readily available. When they get all this stuff, do they just bring it back and be like, okay, out of the ocean and into the river? <laughs> or like, yeah. what is it like? Did they, like, well, yeah, they got to the- stay in business because it eventually come up back into the ocean. So they got to <laughs> go pick it up again. Just are they just like mow down? That's why they're mowing down like the Amazon rainforest because they need to yeah. find a place to put the ocean stuff. Yeah. So it takes a lot of steps, and I don't like to second guess these things because progress is just a little bit at a time. And if gotta you got start somewhere. a tenth of the state of Texas cleaned up already, it, it does give me hope that there are humans that will leverage their gazillions of dollars into making this possible for the naming rights to the ocean. Welcome to the Bill Gates Ocean. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Man, Pacific was boring anyway. <laughs> uh, I wonder, I no, I wonder if, uh, like, I'm assuming what will happen is that they will go and they will take all of that plastic and they will turn it into recycled goods, like soccer jerseys, like they do in in Major League Soccer every year, mm-hmm. or yeah. they'll rocket they'll, bodies, yeah, rocket bodies, or they'll do the thing that I love to see is maybe they'll cut down the rainforest. Okay, good with that. We saved the ocean. <laughs> we only need we only need one. Uh, they, <laughs> they they cut down all those trees and then they do that thing like they do in Eastern Washington, where they try to hide the cell towers by making them look like trees <laughs> so they're just gonna use all of that plastic and make big trees in the amazon <laughs> no 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 no. we didn't cut it down here's the trees <laughs> they're just like a drone owl that just keeps flying into a tree and bonking into it because it's programming is off <laughs> show me child's finger where is it <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of another very heady show. It's time once again to ask, what did we learn this week? <laughs> Brandon, did you learn anything good this week? I learned that I do a terrible David Attenborough stuffed inside an Edgar suit impersonation. Oh, I didn't realize it had to be Attenborough because then it could have been. I was going to say, I learned that I do a pretty good one, but it wasn't yeah. British enough. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, ah, uh, <laughs> Gregor, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned that you can just stick syringes into the back of things and control them as your robot pets. I mean, that seems useful. <laughs> I guess. And yourself, you learned anything else? Um, no. <laughs> nope, okay. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I learned that licorice is just spider guts and that spider guts are just ladybug joints. Nerd talk, nerd talk, talking about nerd talk, yeah!
Join us next Tuesday for another live Nerd Talk Plus. And then, of course, you can always download the podcast from the Odyssey app. Both are available. The brand new Odyssey app, available for an update today in the App Store of your choice. We're making changes, but don't worry. It won't freak you out because it's basically the same for now. We'll start introducing new things to even improve the user experience further, like more Nerd Talk Plus. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider or the Odyssey app, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, Brandon. And bye. I think that's an improvement. Yeah. Yeah. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.